I feel like a lot of my favorite podcasts with two co-hosts, they like lead off with like, how's it going? Like, we're not so serious. It's not all about the plot, you know, just like we're just two friends talking to all of our other friends who subscribe to the podcast. Listeners, we're plotting our cold open so that we can try and be less weird. (laughs) We're so uptight. Welcome to Outwit Out Play Out Pod, the podcast where fire takes represent your life. I'm Isaac. I'm Kayla. And we're here to talk about Survivor Season 46, Episode 1, The Premiere. This is where the legends are made. Now, Kayla, the tribe has spoken, but we have not. What is your fire take from this week's episode? I think the tribes are a little bit rigged. Um, Team Orange and Team Blue, when we have it, we don't have one this season, are always pretty solid. Like, they'll go a couple weeks without going to Tribal Council, and I feel purple and green, they're always fighting for their lives. Like, sometimes green is the superior tribe, sometimes purple is the superior tribe, but I actually think the producers are making it so that there is a weakest link tribe. What do you think? Well, I disagree, actually, because... (gasps) The last two seasons of the new era, yellow has been weak, weak. You know, we had Lulu and then I don't remember what the one was last year. Yellow was mentioned. Like, I think yellow is also bad. Red is good. But Red, yellow dominated. Orange. Yellow dominated d- dominated the pr- premiere. You but know, not, they won all but the on the whole arc. Think you're, about the you're, whole arc. You're saying that like the, the weight of yellow tribe survivor pass is going to catch up and this is like them peaking and how we're going to see their fall. Well, guys, welcome to Outwit Out Play Out Pod, the podcast where we're not saying anything really. So don't read into it, okay? Back off. My fire take this week. <laughs> my fire take this week is Tevin's fire monologue, the cold open of this season. Uh, first off, I'm really high on Tevin. I'll just reveal that now. His voice is like something else. His voice is he's really made for incredible. the silver screen. A hundred percent. Like this is his season. I think he's gonna be. He's gonna be one of those characters where is he going to be on everyone's radar too quickly? And that's going to catch up with him. But I love the way we opened this season of Survivor with Tevin just giving us this Shakespearean soliloquy of everything that Survivor is, the challenge, the adventure. Um, I'm here for it. He's here for it. And it was a great way to kick off the season. So Kayla, the premiere, give me your top line thoughts, please. Like, did this live up to your expectations of a new Survivor season? I think because I was coming off the highest of highs of last season, I was almost like, how? (laughs) Like, how can we get any better? How can we ascend the mountain when we've already reached the mountaintop? Um, So I will say this season came off on the back foot. I also, we've covered this and I feel like all, and by all, I mean all two of our season premieres, but I just feel like we have different we still have tropes of character casting. They're just different tropes. And so at this point, I'm kind of like, how many times are we going to do these same tropes? It's a little, it's getting a little tired, mix it up. Um, So I will say all that to say, I wasn't thinking too highly of this. I also had done no character research, (laughs) as we mentioned on our preview. Um, of the podcast and so I didn't really know who would be but I think it came out really strong nothing too surprising but I am interested 
and invested already in at least five characters. That's so pretty I think good. That's like pretty high. Yeah, like I think I'm a little higher on the premiere than you. I think we have some good characters. I think Jeff is keeping it spicy. I think that people will be a little bit more straightforward and less kumbaya than some years past. That's really been my hope for this season. And I think there's fight, a lot of evidence fight, to suggest fight. it will be the case. Yeah, fight. I want to see a food fight. So I'm I'm pretty high on it. I think that your point about tropes is well taken. I do want that to be a topic of conversation here. To your point as well, I mean, I was kind of sitting there in the premiere. I actually did watch it twice, by the way. But the first time I watched it, I mean, damn, this show is freaking overwhelming. Like, it's hype as hell when it starts. But there are so many. Like, there's a reason scripted dramas have, like, two, three characters that you get invested in. Survivor just hitting you with 18 day one. Everyone. I was all one, at once. <laughs> and I was the one who did research. And so I knew every, the name of every single person who were there showing. And I still was just like, whoa, like, boom, you're thrown into the fire and it's a lot. It's a lot to get into a new season. And I always try to remind people that like with a new season of Survivor, there's always going to be that turbulence at the beginning because of just like the massive education work you have to do to just get people to understand what's going on and who these people are. So hold fast. By the end of the season, we'll have countless opinions about each of these characters, I'm sure. But Kayla, more importantly, let's talk about the commercials. (laughs) Okay, maybe this is just because I don't watch cable other than Survivor. Like, I just don't watch it. I do not consume commercials. But I felt this season, more than every other season, we went five minutes and then there was a commercial. And then I felt like we came back for five minutes and then there was another commercial. And I don't know if it's because the episodes were longer or what was going on. And I don't know if this varies by streaming platform. But we're going to have to cut down on those. We're going to have to cut down on those. I can't live like this. It's too much. It is kind of a lot. And I think that, Kayla, if you agree, I think we're going to tend to record the podcast on Friday, which will potentially free us up to watch it without commercials the next day. Although, let's be real. I'm going to want to watch it when it's live anyway, probably. But we've got two two-hour episodes back-to-back, and those commercials really stack up. You can get a little bit of fatigue. Yes, my eyeballs. Okay, CBS, we you can instead sponsor this podcast. <laughs> And take yeah. away at least two commercial breaks. Thank you so much. Wait, yeah. do you want to talk about the new Survivor podcast host? You let me oh, know yeah. earlier this week. Yeah, so not to pitch someone else's podcast, but Jeff's podcast, On Fire with Jeff Probst. So last year they had um, Rick Dalton, a former Survivor, represent the quote-unquote player mm-hmm. perspective. This year they have last year's winner, D. So D is on the podcast, and I think it was a great pick. She's like, you know, she's like a great personality, insightful. I honestly think that it's helpful to have someone from New Era Survivor giving perspective because let's face, there's a lot of curmudgeony folks from the old days of Survivor who are like, they're like Survivor ain't like it used to be. And to be honest, sometimes I am one of those curmudgeons, I'll be fair. But like still, I think that the New Era is a pretty different game. And so it's nice to have a player who is shedding a little light on what's going on in the heads of these new players as the game kicks off. So that was kind of fun to listen to. What about this fantasy league, Kayla? I know you're uh, participating in a little competition outside of the podcast, which I don't know to feel proud or betrayed by the fact that you've strayed outside of our lanes here and you're competing on a global stage. Yep, I am competing on a global stage. Thanks for recognizing. So um, I was talking to one of my friends um, who I don't believe listens to this pod, but hi, Sydney, if you listen to this podcast. Um, She's a longtime Survivor watcher and has been part of this Survivor Fantasy League, which 
apparently, allegedly, is one of the largest Survivor Fantasy Leagues. I have no way of fact-checking that. I don't know. Um, But I don't know anything about fantasy sports. I think that's obvious to anybody who would listen to this pod. I really didn't know what the concept was. I see that my characters who I drafted to my tribe get points every week for doing various items. Isaac's nodding. So... Isaac, does this track with other fantasy sports leagues that you've been a part of? I one time played an online fantasy league. It was like fantasysurvivor.com or something. And it was a different format, but I kind of like the format you're describing. You're basically building your own tribe and then you're ranking them sort of within your own tribe. And the multipliers are higher depending on how high you rank them in terms of how far they get in the game. That was based on my quick read of the Google sheet you sent. Yeah. So that'll be cool. You'll have to keep us tu- the the fans tuned on how you're doing. You could really rep Triple O if you ended up pulling Listen, down the victory. I'm theoretically getting email updates, and I will let you all know. I will say Tevin is in my number one 3X wow. multiplier spot. Um, I won't say my last name on the internet, but I just drafted a lot of people who had my last name. <laughs> Which, if oh, you're man. paying attention, you can figure that out. You've given a, cru- a <laughs> crucial clue. <laughs> um, anyway, I'm really excited, and I'm trying to get Isaac to join after the fact, but stay tuned for next week if he actually does. We'll see. I think I'm too late, so I'd have to recruit a random tribe, and I don't know whether my sense of pride will allow me to do such a thing. Okay, folks. Anyway, this week on the podcast, we are going to break down the season premiere, naturally. We're going to gavel in another edition of Mock Tribal And we'll end with our favorite segment, Survivors on the Move. Kayla, as always, I'm going to break down the episode in three parts. Are you cool? And are the listeners cool with me just like jumping into that like right now maybe? Yeah, go. (laughs) So recap, part one. Like I said, Tevin delivers his badass monologue as the castaways make their way across some rough seas. Uh, I think Ben actually lost his cookies, unfortunately. At the beach, we meet our tribes. Yanu is in purple. Siga is in green. Nami is in yellow. Then Jeff gives a monologue of his own that I'd like to discuss. He tells the castaways that one of them is an idiot for thinking they could win this game because, let's face it, they have a shitty personality. That's a paraphrase. At the challenge, Nami jumps on the competition like a starving man on a Christmas ham, quote attribution Soda Thompson, and earns their machete, pot, and flint. Siga finishes second and decides to take on the Savvy Challenge, leaving last place to Yanu to to compete in the Sweat Challenge. At Siga, Charlie and Ben form the Dumb and Dumber Alliance because they just can't crack the code. And at Yanu, an exhausted Jelinski gives up the Water Bucket Challenge because he's got almost nothing in the tank. That is a pun, literally and figuratively. (laughs) He has nothing in the tank. Kayla, I wanted to start here with Jeff's opening remarks because I found them interesting what did you make of his little opening monologue i don't think they made any sense he was like one of you someone who makes it to final three is going to be sitting at final three and still lose because nobody liked them is that also your takeaway yes okay if it was a weird it was a very doesn't make sense like if you get to final three unless you're a a challenge beast, which I feel like is happening less and less, you're either a goat or people actually really like you and you had a really strong alliance. Like I think making it to the final three now speaks to a stronger social game more than anything else. So I don't understand how he could sit like 
I think he meant that you could be unaware of who's going to win, but I don't think anyone sitting at the final three is actually unaware of who's going to win. In fact, you plot your final three based on who you think is going to win. And I think the last person to be surprised that they got no votes is Xander. He was robbed, but whatever. Yeah, he, he tried to explain himself on his podcast, but honestly, even the way he was explaining it, I feel like he like didn't he was kind of like backing off of it. He said the point he was trying to make is that like you can't ultimately you can't change your personality and therefore your personality might sort of like lock you into a certain level of performance in the game. And I thought that was just like Marianne changed her whole personality to go on and win the number 1 spot. Yeah, like I think I think that the the opposite could be true that like you need to find ways while still being authentic to represent yourself in a way that connects with your tribe mates, you know? Like, I don't think that you're, like, in a box the day you get to the island. I I at least like to believe that there's, for almost any personality, there is a path, and it's about finding the path that works. So what I did like about it, even though it made no sense, was that it suggested <laughs> Jeff was, like, a little more gloves off. Like, the vibe was sort of, like, intense, mm. you know? Um so that I'm here for. You, we stray farther and farther from the peak of 2020 and get more and more intense Jeff rather yes. than drop the floor, keep the one survivor where Jeff was like, so good. Thank you all for being here today. Yeah. And he does attribute that, I think, to the pandemic. Like everyone needed like a cheerleader. But I think that is thawing quickly and it showed up during this episode. The other thing I want to say from an edit. Let's talk editing and production for a second here. First, music and sound effects. It's a lot. Like, it's almost the whole episode, I feel like, where they're, like, music is swelling or they're throwing in some sound effects. And then you got the visual stuff throughout this episode with Soda's Sodar and, like, the beep, 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 like, as she was suspicious of Randon and the Andy Griffith show thing with the black and white TV. No, I haven't. Me neither. I was like, is this funnier? (laughs) You've seen this show. They've been trying to appeal to Gen Z and they might have lost Gen Z there. Uh, but yeah, I, in general, I have appreciated the experimentation that the production has been bringing to this. But like, this was the first time I've watched Survivor and I was almost like, should we take it like one step back? One step back, maybe. Um, okay, I want to talk about Sweat versus Savvy. And actually, I think we should gavel in another edition of Mock Tribal. If you don't already know, Mock Tribal is when your typically agreeable hosts spitfire and spare no feelings as we disagree on a Survivor subject of some controversy. Kayla, what is on the docket this week? On the docket. Is quitting the sweat versus savvy a survivor quit or being smart with your energy? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I I do want to allow some room for the idea that they weren't going to make it. Because, boy, when they showed the camera shot of those two urns. There was nothing in those urns. <laughs> and they had to fill them? Did they have to completely fill them? Yes. I think putting holes in the bucket was low-key rude, but we can talk about that after. <laughs> well, this is the second straight season where both Sweat and Savvy challenges were failed. So we are 0 for 4 and two seasons on these. Now, Jeff is super defensive about this, as you would expect, and says that they test them and they are, like, very doable. But I don't know. Four, in a ro- four losses in a row suggests to me. But anyway, we're getting away from the subject of Mock Tribal. I think that Jelinski quit. I think it's a quit. It's a survivor quit. At least he didn't quit the whole show, but it's a quit. I, I don't know. I, I think that even if you feel like there is a 1% chance that it'll be a victory, just on the basis that you don't want to go back to your tribe and say you gave it anything less than your all, you got to do it. 
I just feel him. Okay, I have quitter instincts. So Aaron was talking <laughs> to me about this. I am what? the first one to be like, this is quit, fail fast. Honestly, I'm sure some tech bro said that, and I believe in that. Um, he did quit. I think he just quit with the wrong person. I think if he had a different partner, then this could have been fine. But we had the former high school athlete, college coach. I don't know what his actual profession is, but he seemed Tim. very committed to athleticism. Oh, Q. And, Q. You're talking about Q. Uh, yes, yeah, Q yeah. for QB. Okay, I didn't make that up. He seemed really committed <laughs> to that whole thing. And I think if you ever want to have an alliance with this man or just keep this open yeah, to an right. alliance, then you can't quit because – this person, this is antithetical to who that person is. So I feel like it's less about if you thought you were going to fill up that urn, which so right you were not. But right. or here's another thing he could have done instead of quit: um, knock yourself out. Like you really need to like commit, like bucket into the head, fall down into the sand. Like maybe medical comes because you're concussed. I think you need to commit to a real medical emergency if you want to. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So some some color on this based on my my research um, since Jelinski, apparently there was like sharp coral in the water where they were reaching with their buckets and Jelinski stupidly didn't wear shoes. And so his feet were like being torn up so that I could see what? if you're if okay, you're like then QB was wrong. Your yeah, feet okay. are bleeding. <laughs> now, here is the real controversy. Could no one bring him shoes? I'm confused. <laughs> he could have switched his mind. Yeah. So anyway, like that's on you, bro. Here's the thing. Jelinski does his post-game interview with Dalton Ross at Entertainment Weekly. He says that the first person to suggest quitting was Q. What? He says it was Q's idea and that he can't be mad about it because Q like played him and like forwarded the narrative that Jelinski was the one who quit. Can I just say... I did not find it credible whatsoever, whatsoever. Like he claims that they, one, you're making the claim that something they did not show on the TV show that is hugely consequential, completely contradicted the whole narrative that took, that took, that took hold and shaped the whole episode. So I just like, I'm not buying this like fabrication and Jelinski is just not credible. Like he tried to lie and about, and during that journey, Terrible that we'll talk liar. About later. My goodness. yeah. So I just, anyway, <laughs> I didn't, I did not find his story credible, but he claims that Q was the one who quit basically. I just don't believe that. Sorry. I don't believe it. I like, so don't believe it <laughs> to my core. I do not believe it. Appreciate trying to save face for television. All right, part two of the recap. So we get a lot of tribe time during this two-hour episode. So I'm just going to take you through each tribe one by one. So first of all, Nami, and that's the yellow tribe. They're killing it. They're shelter building. They're singing camp songs. The one sort of sour note I would say is that Liz kind of turns off some people by flaunting her resume, how she's like owned four companies and sold two of them. And Tevin says she's flaunting her dollar bills. Um, Tevin and Hunter decide to form the Andy Griffith Alliance. And so does Sodar goes off about Randon when he predicts that Venus is a Parvati-like character. Tevin also calls her a princess. Meanwhile, Siga is surviving. Ben, a.k.a. the Dean of Cultural Affairs, as Tim calls him, is winning people over by chilling hard and shredding his way across the beach. 
Maria, Jem, and Mariah quickly bond as a little ladies alliance, and then they decide to pull in Charlie to form the Charlie's Angels. I liked that. That was fun. <laughs> Yanu is, uh, they're the team in purple, so they're kind of the chaotic vibes tribe, I would say. There's always one, right? So people are not happy with Jelinski's quit in the Sweat versus Savvy Challenge. Kenzie seems to be at the center of the social game over there on Yanu. She's teaming up mostly with Q and Tiff. Tiff ends up finding a beware advantage, which means she's at least temporarily lost her vote. Jess is really out of it with all the sleep deprivation, and she's playing her cards pretty close to the vest. No one's really able to connect with her. Then we've got uh, Jen, Tevin, and Maria going on the first journey of the season, and it's a different one than we've ever seen before, so I want to spend some time on that for sure. Maria basically has to figure out who's holding an extra vote card and who's holding this skull card that signifies that their job is to lie, basically. She, in a really savvy move, she threatens to expose whoever is lying to her as deceitful to the rest of her tribe. And guess what? Jelinski gives up the goods. He loses his vote, and Tevin and Maria each earn an extra. Kayla, your thoughts? Um, I really liked this version of the journey. I'm jumping right into the journey. I... Yeah, let's do it like that they all had to continue interacting it's not just like oh you talk to these people on this trek for anywhere between 30 and 90 minutes perhaps and now you have to make a decision like it still felt very singular because you don't know you're really just guessing and everyone just does what they're gonna do and all the cameos after they're like well i risked my vote because obviously i'm gonna risk my vote i'm playing survivor uh uh and this was much more um like reactive I really enjoyed watching it I was also nervous because I think Tevin must have really good energy because he's so animated that I might think that he was lying (laughs) even if he wasn't um but he was also an actor so I was like maybe he could do it um but it just shows that Tevin has the best energy ever because she wanted to trust him and Jelinski has terrible energy because she was like Honestly, on the words, I found Jelinski more convincing, but I think we all just kind of got a little skeevy vibe <laughs> from it. Yeah, skeevy vibe. Well, you know, Vegas, he's a, he's a slot machine salesman, which no hate, and especially sorry if we have any slot, slot sorry, machine slot salesmen. Machine salesmen. <laughs> But yeah, it's not like the first profession I choose when I'm thinking like trustworthy, incredible. I'm sorry. I shouldn't hate. It's um, no nurse. But yes. <laughs> no. Right. Not a nurse, not a school teacher, which we have like multiple of. So yeah, poor Jelinski. I mean, we're going to talk more about Jelinski's journey, but he kind of struck out like in every way you possibly can in the first episode of Survivor. So yeah, that was that was a tough look. I agree with you about liking the journey. I think what I kind of like about it is it was like a Survivor mini game, right? It's like this little yes, game of deception. Yeah, and you're interacting with the other people who are on the journey. And yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, I really like it because typically the interactions that you get happen before like you all go off to do your own thing in these little games. And so that means that they're almost always a net positive for your game. They just give you an opportunity to make a social connection with someone else who's on a different tribe. By putting them in this direct competition, there's actually a chance that they could walk away hating someone on one of the other tribes, right? And so it's kind of like cool that it's a way to not only build collaborative potential, but tension that could pay off down the road when we have a merge. Yeah, enemies, (laughs) enemies. So yeah, 
I'm a fan of the journey. I thought it was cool. I also just like Maria. Oh yeah. Like that was a great move. The way she just, I don't think I would have thought about that. She was like, actually, I'm going to give you another chance (laughs) to tell the truth. Don't lie. And I'd be like, "Ah." it was beautiful. Well done. Like, and I mean, Jelinski, he shouldn't have folded because like ultimately the game literally instructs you to lie. So I don't think people are like, I guess if you succeed at lying, then people are more likely to think you're going to be effective in how deceitful you are. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't think Jelinski was right to fold, especially because then he goes back to his tribe and has to explain that, like, the other people on the other tribes are at advantages and he didn't. It's also just too soon to bet on your future game. Like, I think the first couple episodes, your first couple days on the island, the, call it the first six are all about your current game like you're betting on maybe you'll one make a merge or have a tribe swap which is the only way these alliances become relevant so you're betting that you're going to get past day whatever 12 on this island and then you're also betting that all these people are also going to be there on day 12 of the island and after that that like you will need their numbers and like maybe you will or maybe you won't but that's so many forward-looking steps that you need rather than right now i am trying to build trust with six people who don't know me and i need to keep my vote what and you've already your like resume to date has not been good you failed your tribe and they already hate you (laughs) and you gave up on the sweat challenge like you should be looking for every possible opportunity to feel like you've done a solid with your fellow tribe mates so i agree now isaac i was gonna ask you no you go first yeah ask me no no Um, what's your favorite tribe my favorite tribe yeah so my favorite tribe Favorite is tough because it's like, who am I rooting for or who's the best television, right? I feel like those are the two paths you can take. I'm going to say that my favorite tribe is Nami because I think Soda and Tevin are just like really great personalities. But I guess I had the most fun watching Siga because I just thought like, because I think Ben's whole shtick is just pretty hilarious. And I kind of feel like I haven't seen on Survivor too often when like the de facto leader is like the guy who can like chill the most hard. <laughs> like they're all like vibes. <laughs> like when Jem did that aside Not to the game, she's like, we're surviving. Like I thought it was funny. I just haven't seen this as like the dominant social dynamic on a tribe and I'm really here for it. What was your what was your favorite though? We're surviving. If we we're named surviving. our own podcast episodes, I would want to name this one We're Surviving. <laughs> Oh my god, should we do that? It's that would just, be so fun. It'd be I've, so fun. I told you that my like dream if I was on Survivor, I would constantly be trying to give them little sound bites so that they name the episodes after my dialogue because I feel like Is that's the real competition. Is this what we do? Is this our like treat? Every season, I think if you haven't seen the preview episode, every season we give ourselves little treats um, because we're treat motivated podcast hosts. And this season we have new microphones and I think we should also get to name our podcast episodes. Okay, I'm I'm here for it. So we'll call this episode surviving, I think. Surviving. Ah, oh, see, you just hear the excitement in my voice. Okay, Isaac made me a cheat sheet so that I would remember who was on which tribe. I really like Banu, which is the only reason yeah. 
why I would even consider Yanu for one minute. I it's not the right answer. But Banu is excellent TV. Perfect casting. His like yep. be kind shirt was lovely, yeah. amazing. Like down Love to it. the outfit choices, wardrobe was eating. Um I think I have to go Nabi as well. Like Soda yeah. and her camp songs also. I think it was Hunter who was like, I hate camp songs, even though I was also a camp counselor. Like, that's going to be an iconic dichotomy. <laughs> Big golden retriever black cat energy. I, um, yes. I And I think that that tribe is going to bring cooperation and conflict. I think that Venus, Venus was probably the most, like, under siege this episode. And I did kind of want to talk to you about this. Like, it's a little bit of a delicate one to discuss. But, like, the sort of typecasting and stereotyping that occurs with women who especially describe themselves as conventionally pretty right like so randon calls randon immediately sort of like typecast venus as a parvati right and that's sort of like the, that's an archetype <laughs> yeah that just, he shouldn't have said that that was rude it's although parvati's that, having a little moment so <laughs> yeah she is she's kind of like a uh, maybe like a d-list celebrity I would yeah say. i'm like, like parvati's <laughs> our it girl <laughs> i wouldn't get that far but yeah yeah um and i think uh, so she's called a princess, Randon typecasts her. Kenzie, on the other hand, is the other player who I would say like kind of describes themselves in a similar way. And But she like doesn't really worry about typecasting, right? Like she's definitely wielding this. And I feel like she's been quite effective in her social game, at least to date. So it's kind of a tough one when it's like you're talking about, sure, you're talking about stereotyping and the predispositions that people bring to certain players. You're also talking about stereotypes associated with people who are conventionally attractive, which doesn't strike me as like the heaviest burden one can care, carry in life, <laughs> you know? So it's just like a bit of an interesting one to me. What did you make of like the whole Venus situation? I get it. I get I get why she's annoyed. I get it. Yeah. I totally get it. Because you have to like live your whole life being hot and people are like, oh my God, you're just hot. Uh, and you're like, I have other talents. <laughs> but like when people don't know you, it's like you're just hot. So I get it. Like felt, seen, get it. Um, am I the most? Because ah! then whatever. You get to be the best survivor player ever and you get to be hot. Like amazing. That seems great. At the immunity challenge, by the way, this is part three of the recap, the castaways have to haul some giant geckos around an obstacle course and complete a puzzle. Nami wins easily. Siga locks up second, and Yanu is going to tribal. Not really a surprising result, but Kayla, do you know what is surprising? What? 15 minutes. Could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Gecko joke. Boom. Roasted. Back at Yanu... <laughs> Back at Yanu, Tiff decodes a beware advantage clue, finds a key, and unlocks the box to earn a no-strings-attached immunity idol. That was pretty darn impressive. She really powered through that. It's clear that Jelinski and Jess are on the chopping plot, chopping block. Jelinski because of the whole giving up thing, and Jess because she's been hard to read and is really struggling from sleep deprivation. At Tribal, Jeff gets spicy and calls out Jelinski for claiming he's not someone who quits, Jess is barely able to string a sentence together, but ultimately it's a unanimous vote for Jelinski and his torch gets snuffed. Kayla, your thoughts? Giant geckos, baby. How did we feel about them? I loved it. (laughs) 
I was I was definitely good with it. It was a good visual. Jeff like described them in a weird way. <laughs> this 500 is 500 pounds th- of gecko. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. And this is such a small thing. He said they have bloodshot eyes. Okay. They zoomed in on the eyes. They, it looked like someone had put like the faintest red nail polish like in like two little lines around their eyeball. So they did not look bloodshot, Jeff. There goes your whole show and all your credibility, sir. Um, anyway, but yeah, I like the challenge. I thought it was a great challenge, honestly. Really good. I was just like, this is so unserious. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I was, it. I found myself, we, the folks know who've listened to the pod that we're not like the biggest challenge fans, but in a two hour episode, I'm kind of hungry for the challenges because there's a lot, a lot of tribe time. So I like the structure they bring to the episode. I could have even had another, I could have like foregone the sweat versus savvy thing because. I generally think that's stupid. Um, and got in basically a reward challenge where you could like win to win. So. Yeah. I'm kind of wondering if Sweat versus Savvy should just not be time constrained, but they make it really hard. And it's like ultimately like two people are spending the entire day and like the sun is going down. But it's like <laughs> there's no question that eventually you can ultimately succeed. I think that'd be good for morale because then you'd come yeah. back. The sun's down. You have your flint. We're all like, woo, you make the Whoa. fire. Uh, yeah. Right. It could be nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, idols. I thought the idols are cool. What did you think? I, I thought they're like, like those idols. Why didn't you like them? <laughs> you were giving demon. I didn't like it. <laughs> demon. Oh, I thought it was like a tranquil, a tranquil, like wise, <laughs> wise. Is this what it's like to not have anxiety? You're able to just not. <laughs> portray you your like, anxiety onto the you were like afraid on your couch of these weird figurines yeah i was like don't love that i turned to aaron and i was like is it giving demon to you and he was like no <laughs> i like when the idol is like actually an idol right like this is actually an idol sometimes it's like wasn't it like a pelican or something last year i like the pelican you, you were like a hater pe- what what like what the <laughs> What is, why is there a pelican? It's, there's no way. Why are there not? pelicans in Fiji? Why Sharks was there a whole chess-themed season that we never addressed? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> okay, we're getting far afield. But I thought these idols were cool. <laughs> Kayla was a hater about them. Um, the the Kayla, you had some ambiguity here that you wanted cleared up, right? Yeah, I need help from our play-by-play commentator. So explain to me her losing her vote, her being TIFF until the next tribal council which ended up being immediately like did she have a vote at tribal or did she not yeah she did yeah so yeah so with the beware advantage the thing is once you like open it you have lost your vote unless and uh, unless and until you find the idol or whatever's at the end of the advantage so they thought they were making this difficult so that there was a world where you didn't find the idol before yeah. you went to your tribal she was just right. amazing she okay. was amazing yeah she Got was amazing it. really smart thing they did by the way they only they had they they say in that note you only will get the subsequent clue once your tribe is going to tribal council and i think that's good for a few reasons one um it create it, there's like a stopwatch, right? It's like, oh shit, I'm going to tribal tonight. I need right to now. find this tonight, right? And so I think it prompts you to probably engage in more risky behavior associated with finding it instead of just having like 
unlimited time. Maybe I won't even go to tribal for the first three tribals. Like, you know, so I thought that's good for sort of like dramatic tension. I also suspect that they might've done it because again, they didn't know whether they were going to have the long episodes this season. I suspect they might've done it because from a storytelling perspective in a single episode, it means that not everyone on all three tribes is simultaneously working their way through all these clues because you only have the opportunity to work your way if you're the tribe going to tribal council. So it, it sort of like makes the storytelling more efficient because the tribe that you're spending time more time with anyway because they're going to tribal council is the only one where you have to tell this story about them finding an idol. So I thought it was I a really honestly smart. think it's that. Yeah. That feels it was so really right to, to me. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm into this. I'm into time boxing generally, as we discussed. So yeah. Well played. Yeah, they, she moved quickly. I mean, she like I don't understand how she decoded it. I think like they showed her say It just oh, came a, to her. <laughs> yeah. It was weird. Like she like spoke that language or something. Like there like there was a three letter word, so she's like, Okay, that's probably the and then I understand that you like move all the letters from the into like the places where those symbols occur elsewhere. But like that didn't seem like alone it would be enough to solve the whole thing but it kind of seems that's the only thing they really showed us about the logics that she used to get to where she got also how did she get this much time alone like based on the footage it looked like she was far from camp alone for quite some time perhaps the whole time they were at tribal how do you justify being away from your tribe right before tribal for such a long period of time yeah it's tough when we don't know the real time passage um I suspect that she found it pretty much as efficiently as one could. They do show Banu and Q like walking around wondering where she is at one point. So I think that she didn't totally evade, but it didn't matter because she told people, right? She told Tiff and Q. I'm not sure if she told Banu, which always interesting. Um, so, so yeah, um, we'll see. I, I think I'm high on Tiff, by the way, like, She's like a Renaissance oh, woman. Tiff. Like she's creative. She's personable. She's already found an idol. She's at the center of a strong alliance. I Tiff think is that... also ripped. I'll go ahead and say that Tiff is oh, really? going to like notice. body okay. with the challenge. Her arms. I was like, okay, Michelle Obama arms. Tiff, we stand. We wow. see you. We Goals. salute you. Excellent. Excellent. All right. The other thing to say here, just to wrap up our analysis of the episode, is uh, Jelinski, man. Like, so let's be clear here. He volunteered for everything and he failed everything, right? So he like okay, Q. He goes up, he go he did the puzzle in both challenges, they lost both challenges. He volunteers for sweat versus savvy, he gives up on uh the sweat challenge. He goes to the journey, he gives up and can't follow through with his deceit and trying to convince Maria. He loses his vote um as a result of that. So he doesn't even cast a vote in tribal council and every single person on his tribe spelled his last name wrong and sending him home. So really his name wasn't even written down. He doesn't even get the dignity of that. Right. So he got, and Jeff took him to task. Like boy, Jeff did take just... him to task. How embarrassing on your first day. <laughs> yeah. I think he's kind of a guy who's a bit on a bit of a different planet. Right. Apparently he was like talking a big thing about how like, he's the kind of player that gets asked to return. And I like, yeah, so it's not uh... good. It's not a good in Camp Jelinski. Um, do you think they'd ever do that? I think the answer is no, but take all of the players who were voted out on day one and bring them back. We had this idea last season, I think. Did we? Um, yeah, and we were going to call it Survivor so Second smart. Chance, but there already has been a second chance. It just wasn't limited to people who were voted out first, right? So I think they could do something. By the way, Isaac Survivor 
scoop part two. Jeff has said they are not going to do any themed stuff, any return players through season 48. I might've already said that, but also that he feels like they've, they just hit the bottom of the barrel on the whole theming of survivor seasons, you know, millennials Mm. versus Gen Z or whatever, like all, all those kinds of ones. Um, And so he doesn't really see them doing that in the future, unless they have like a really good and original idea. So there you go. For now, it's just like the number of the season. I don't know. Title. It's giving lazy creative to me. I actually don't think they've topped the bottom of the barrel on those. I Sorry. Mean, damn. Disagree. They've been going for a while. They, 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 30 plus seasons, I think, did the uh, whole theme thing. So I kind of get it, to be honest. And when they stopped changing locations, that really constrained the availability. Because it used to be just like, you know, Survivor. Yeah. Africa. Like, Africa you know, general. Just general <laughs> <TM>. Africa. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which that, they really pigeonholed themselves. They could have theoretically named the country they were in. They could, and then they they were could have whole... done so many more seasons. Not sure if they're instead. aware. Yeah, yeah. That was tough. That was a tough luck. Oh, Jeff. The early 2000s were not kind to you. That's okay. Oh, Jeff. All right, folks. Well, we are wrapping up with our favorite segment, as always, Survivors on the Move. Kayla, whose stock was rising for you this week? Um, Tiffany, our idol holder, obviously. Yeah. Um our girl Kenzie, because there was a scene where she was literally just sitting on a bench as different people came up to talk to her and like giving out hugs like she was freaking Santa Claus at a mall. Like <laughs> Kenzie's stock, way high. It's actually incredible. Um, and I would say those are my two. Oh, and Maria for just yeah general wisdom badass. and idol play. And also she put that huge um, bag puzzle of something piece. on her back and just piece, le- yeah. counterbalanced and leaned over. That was very impressive. That so was those three impressive. I agree. I think those are very good picks. I will say that Soda is rising for me. I think Soda got a really good tribe. She's a bubbly personality. There are some people who that can grade against, but I don't think she has many of those types on her tribe. I also think that she has charisma cover with Tevin on her tribe because Tevin mm, is the biggest source cover. of energy. Charisma cover. I'm just like pointing terms left and right. Yeah. And so I think that if this is a tribe that finds itself in the mindset of even pre-merge being like, who's going to win the game, then she has a little bit of cover because Tevin is, is real, real, real out there. So Soda's rising for me. Um, what about falling? Falling, Kayla, whose stock's falling for you? I feel like we didn't get too many. I got to go Jess because she's not sleeping, poor thing. Yep. Um, yes. And I'm going to go Randon because he was mean. Yeah, um, and I don't think mean is ever where you want to be on Survivor generally in this day and age, and especially not in the first six episodes. Yeah, I agree. I think that um, someone I'm worried about because I like them is um, Tim Spicer. He's the uh, college coach. I feel like we didn't get a lot from him. We didn't. He kind of, it looked like he was going to form like this parent alliance thing with Maria, but then Maria, Jem, and Mariah formed the really tight ladies alliance. I think Tim has clocked that the women are trying to work together, but he's in a very vulnerable position, which is a shame because I kind of, especially from his preseason stuff and everything, I was really liking him as a character. So we'll see. We'll see how he does. But yeah, I mean, above all, Jess, I mean, it was crazy how she could, like, she was not there. Like, she was not that I, I don't know how surreal it must be to feel like she felt and be at tribal council on jet Post <laughs> is asking you questions like she was struggling she was like i feel like an alien i can't even string sentences together there's fire all around you <laughs> there's like 80 million cameras right <laughs> by the way sweaty yeah right 
set design at tribal i thought was pretty impressive i want to look at i was like do they reconstruct episode, these i agree definitely whole... it's totally different yeah deep dive on deep set dive. Design. i'll pull up some facts on survivor production for next episode whoa the slacker doing a little prepping stay in your lane please you know, my goodness <laughs> yep all right, folks. Well, that's going to be all from us this week. Uh, if you want to share your fire takes, please, please, please shoot us an email at outwitoutplayoutpod at gmail.com. We'd love to read those on the podcast. And if you're enjoying our show, spread the word. Tell a friend about us and rate us on your favorite podcasting app. We really appreciate it. We'll be back next week to talk about the next episode of Survivor Season 46. But until then, the tribe has spoken, and so have we. Have we.